Welcome to the podcast for WGTS Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can learn more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. I remember when the milk commercials came out. You know how much milk they sold? Even people that were lactose intolerant were buying milk. I get sick, but I have to have milk. It's amazing. We could even buy stuff we don't need. Got faith? Now, remember we saw when we launched the last uh, series on faith, it was my job to answer what is faith. Remember that? We did that question thing, what is faith? Do you remember what faith is? Do you remember? Well, it's been a while and uh, I forgot. The simple one-sentence answer, what is faith? Making the possible possible. Making the impossible possible. Okay. All right. Uh, Close. Assurance, okay, we're getting closer with Scripture. Hebrews 11.1, yes? Things hope for. Back to Hebrews 11.1, we'll be looking at that. Bottom line, faith is when you do what you believe in. Remember? If you have faith in your kids, what? You're going to do everything possible for them, right? Even if you got no money for rent, your child will eat, right? When you believe in something, you do it, right? You believe in your Chevy, it needs another engine. I'll find one, right? Others would junk the car. But you believe in your car. Why? Because your daddy gave you the car 38 years ago. When you believe in something, you do it. That's faith. Faith is a verb. Now, what's a verb? Those of you who got A's in English. It's an action. It's not a noun. Faith is a beautiful word. F-A-I-T-H. You won. No, no. Faith is a verb. It's an action. It's what you do. So faith is what? When you do what you believe in. Any questions? How many have ever thought of faith like that? Okay, how many have never thought of faith like that? How many, frankly, don't care? (laughs) See, faith is when you do what you believe in. Period. If you don't have faith, that means you ain't doing nothing about it. Well, I'm not sure anymore. Ah, that means you're not doing anything. You, you could always spot people of faith. They do it. There are people who believe in their street gang. And they put it on the wall. NTN. They got faith in something. And they do the streets, right? Well, I don't think I should go out. It's late. No, 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 no. The night is young. It's 2 a.m. The crew is going to get together. I believe in my crew, so I have faith in them. You could even have faith in the wrong things, not just faith in God. Faith is when you do what you believe. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the apostle says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Don't know what it means, but... Whoa, amen. So now as we begin, let's bow our heads. Now that we've had a proper review on the first series, there will be a quiz on Monday. Well, it's a holiday. There will be a quiz on Tuesday. 
Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, mess with us. We need real stuff in our lives. Some are so worn out. Lord, as we begin a series on hope, give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Faith is the substance of things. There it is, hope. So just like we began the last series, what is faith? It is logical to begin this series with what is hope. Okay, now let us start class. What is hope? Just shout it out. There's no wrong answer. Don't worry. I won't humiliate you. What is hope? Hope in his coming. So what then is hope? Okay. Belief. Okay. What up? Some of you are quickly going to Wikipedia. What is hope? (laughs) Yes. Hope is believing something good is going to happen. Anticipating those who are scrambling with Wikipedia. Here is Wikipedia. Notice we we go to Wikipedia before we go to Webster's Dictionary, which we did for a thousand and one years. Hope is the belief in a positive outcome related to events and circumstances in one's life. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Wikipedia has all the answers. Okay, but this is, I, I got to point out, hope is different than positive thinking. Okay, in our counseling session today, to confront your pessimism, we need you to be more positive, optimistic, So in the next eight sessions, we will work to think in new ways. That is not building hope, that's building positive thinking. And it's needed for your therapy. Because there are people that when the glass has water at the halfway point, the pessimist thinks the glass is half empty. The optimist thinks the glass is half full. Those are the people who have hope. Pessimists have hope in nothing. Well, everything's bad. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. And we don't have money for the rent. Even the dog is hungry. Then the next day, 800 bucks that you didn't expect comes in. Well, praise the Lord. Wouldn't you know it? Now, yesterday you had no. But today the Lord come through anyway. Next time a trial comes, there we go again. And I thought he was a God of love. And now my transmission's blown. The rent is due and I don't have the 1200 bucks that... No, no, that's 2200 bucks that Amco wants for it. So all of a sudden, you see, a pessimist never has hope. And God is constantly having to salvage them. Well, finally, we had to have the whole church praying. I mean... It's rough being a Christian, man. See, people who have no hope are very needy. Hopeless people constantly need prayer. Just pray for me, man. And it's always a crisis. It's never a, you know, we do have a challenge. I need $1,100 by Monday and I don't have a penny in the bank. But you know what? God is going to provide. You get a chill down your spine when you meet people like, this guy is foolish. But you know what happens? By Tuesday, the cash does come in. I remember a driver who always drove me to the airport. I fly too much. 
It is terrible when they know you by name at, at 15 different airports. <laughs> Mr. Rojas, where are we going today? Shut up. <laughs> no, I don't, not quite. I thought it, but I'm on my way to Houston. No, I, that, that was yesterday. Oh, that's right. Detroit. No, but we saw you last night. Yeah, that was on my way back. Uh, but now I'm on my way out again. And Detroit knows me well. Atlanta. <gasps> don't even go there. I got a letter from uh, the uh, CEO of Delta Airlines, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, and he says, now you fly more than my flight crews. Congratulations. I don't know if I should cry or, because there was no reason to be happy. When you fly more than a flight crew does, you have issues. And so I'm always flying, I'm always flying, and I discover on the road that it's easy to get discouraged because, number one, you get exhausted. I've been to Portland twice in the last week and a half. That's twice across Atlantic Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Pacific Ocean, with a camp meeting, a wedding, and two other programs in between. I don't know what time it is right now. And then I have to eat. You're gaining weight. Well, you try to eat at a different hour every day. Let me see you do exercise on a fixed schedule when your body's at a different time zone all the time. Let's see what time you go to bed and what time you get up and be happy all at once. So it means with exhaustion comes discouragement. Chemical changes in the brain. So it's, I can have the big high all weekend long and by Monday morning, I just feel so down. I don't know why. My bills are up to date, but I feel terrible. The dog's looking at me. Don't look at me. You can have emotional downs. And you begin to lose hope. So I'm driving, my driver's driving me to the airport. And he's a wonderful Jamaican man of faith. This brother is 72 years old, but he doesn't look a day over 50. He's been hit in a sidecar collision, hitting on his door at 53 miles an hour, and he walked away from the accident. This brother knows Jesus. I think they hang out or something. He says, Pastor, you look so down. I said, I'm exhausted. No, no, but you look further down than what a heavy suitcase can do to you. I said, well, I need $66,000 by Friday. We're running three programs, and I just don't have a budget. I've run out of money, and I need sixty-six grand by Friday, and that's more than... Anyway, that's a lot of money. And he says, Pastor, you need hope. And I thought he was joking. You know, you're, you're, you know he, he's, he kept driving. You need hope. Oh, I stopped smiling. He said, Pastor, let me remind you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He lords over the a thousand hills, and the cattle that roam about. Everything is his. What is money anyway? I go, brother, you haven't been around. Yes, I have twice as long as you have. I may not be a minister. I may not have a college degree, but I know Jesus. I felt rebuked, so I decided to stand up to him, theologian style. Say, how can you be so sure, brother, that this faith is not presumption? He says, I ain't talking about faith. I'm talking about hope. Oh, you can't have faith unless you have hope, pastor. 
but, 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 uh, see, there's your problem. You pull a butt into it. You can't. Pastor, forgive me. You need to keep your butt out of it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he caught himself on the American double meaning. And so I just said, but, but, see, there you go again, a but. You must learn to say and to Jesus, not but. I need 66,000. You can't say, I need 66,000 by Friday, but... What is that among so many, like Philip said about the kid with, with five tortillas and two fish in the basket and 5,000 men sitting on the hillside? But what is that among so many? You do not need to throw a butt at the Lord. You say, I need $66,000 and God will provide. I sat there. You can't be. He pulled over. We need to pray. Father, give my my pastor, some hope. He who preaches, may he now stand up with hope. When it's his turn, look how weak he is, O oh Lord. Forgive him. <laughs> when I was unhungered, he sent me a Jamaican brother of faith. And I'm telling you right now, this brother straightened me out. By the time we got to Baltimore, Washington International Airport, I got out and he says, Amen, Pastor, you owe me a... A, a testimony by next Sunday night when I pick you up. Guess what happened Friday? I kid you not. $76,000 came in from an anonymous donor whom I had not approached for cash. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, what if the cash had not come in? So what? The issue was this brother gave me a reason to hope. You see, hope is the basis of faith. So then, what is hope? I heard the word already, but I did not recognize it because I couldn't give out the answer before the class was taught. Hope, then, is when you believe in something. Faith is when you do what you believe. Hope is the belief. Now, I'll give you another example. How many are Redskins fans here? Don't we hope that one day, Lord, one day, not long, oh, Lord, not long, we will bring home a Super Bowl trophy. One day, oh, Lord, then we go out there and watch them get wiped around the field like children. You suffer, you go behind on your rent to get to one game, and then you watch them lose. I sat in the rain at 33 degrees to watch them lose against New York. Do we lose hope? You know what? We lost again, but my rescues will be back. See, that's hope. Does that mean that when you hope, you give it up just because it didn't go your way? See, hope is an attitude that you believe in something. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. always talked about hope. Yet he had death threats every single day. And a bomb did go off at his house on one of those days. Another bomb went off at the church on another day. Did he ever give up hope? I've had occasion to work with members of his staff. And I always ask him, tell me, how was Dr. King once he got back into the car after the rally on the way to the airport? Always, they said, the one thing they said about Dr. King is that he lived in constant despair. Quote, Dr. King lived in constant despair. We're not getting there. 
we didn't succeed in the crowd and opposition. The FBI has moles in our group. Uh, the, the, the communist stuff that we're communists is gaining ground among this group and that group. The Klan has people there. And, and then two more were shot and killed this week in the South. And the president's mad at me today. And, 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 okay, Martin, shake it off. The next rally, he get out there. I believe and I have hope. Then he come back to the car to keep crying. See, that's why he kept going. Because he never lost hope. When you got hope, you don't listen to your feelings. Hope is not something you feel. Hope is when you've come to believe in something. It's like a, a soldier who comes to believe in their country, a marine, an airman, a sailor. When you believe in your country, it doesn't mean you win every battle. There are battles where you're beaten bad and you lose close friends. But we're not going to give up. We got hope. We may have lost this battle, but we're going to win this war. You see, hope is when you believe in something. What do you believe in? Well, I'm not sure. See, hopeless people are never sure of what you believe. I'm a Republican today, and I'm a Democrat tomorrow. And then I'm an Independent, and then I hate America, and then I need America to help me with my Medicare. <laughs> Folks who have no hope flounder from one day to another. But when you have hope, there's always a reason to get up, no matter how bad you feel. You got hope. So what is hope? When you believe in something. Jesus says, all things are possible to them that believe. So what do you believe? I'm, I, I'm trying. Trying is another but statement. When you say, I'm trying, you're giving yourself an out. Well, I tried. But I don't believe anymore. Until tomorrow when God blesses me. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Finally, finally. See, you can live a better life than that. Hope is a good thing. The psalmist said in Psalms 33, verse 22, Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us according to as we hope in you. Pour your mercy on us. And then uh, Titus said, we're looking for something that's bigger than us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. I don't want you to be like other people. When it comes to talking about death, I don't want you to be like other people, says the Apostle Paul, who have no hope. We had the most unusually painful experience in our fellowship in the last month. Both our chaplains, dear friends, inseparable men, one lost his brother a year after losing his sister. And the other lost his mother at the same time. Each man would have been there to comfort the other. But both our chaplains took a direct hit at the same time. How many churches or fellowships can report the same thing? That a pastor and associate equivalent were hit at the same time with massive loss. These men 
had to go to the Pacific side and the Atlantic side of the nation to tend to their families and their own grief at the same time. Wasn't it different? Wasn't it difficult? Couldn't get to Portland to support Chaplain Terry and the rest who could got over here to support Chaplain Pete. Both of our leaders hit hard where it hurts the most in life to lose a sibling, to lose a parent. But I don't want you to be ignorant, my brothers and sisters, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow like other people who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first then we who are alive will be caught up with them in the air. Comfort one another with these words. The Apostle Paul, I don't want you to be like other folk who have no hope. Our chaplains have chosen to cling to hope. Does it take away their tears? No, no, nothing takes away tears of burying your mama. Nothing takes away the tears of used to fight as kids, but now your brother's gone. So as you weep, you do not lose hope. See him again. We'll see him again. We'll see mama again. Now, if you don't believe, if you don't believe those things, you can see why hopelessness takes over. And I've presided over hundreds of funerals There are folk who try to jump in to the hole with the casket. I've often wondered, what would happen if we just let them? I I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but that's my family too. I've had loved ones as we lower the casket, and one of my aunts wanted to jump in, and and it just occurred to me, what if we just let her? She falls and breaks an ankle in there or something. Outside of denting the casket, you know sooner or later she's going to stop crying enough to say, all right, help me out of here. Because it's such an unbearable pain. It's such an an inexplainable grief. It's such a sorrow that only a broken heart can understand it, that the person has no hope. They'd rather be dead with them. Let me jump into the hole with That's what they're saying emotionally. But that's when the rest of the family gathers around them. And gives to them the precious gift of what? Hope. Hope. Hope is such a precious thing. I have a friend in Hollywood. His name is Phil Cook. He's a Hollywood producer. I have several friends who are producers, and most of them are Christians. Interestingly enough, not Scientologists, others are. Others have burdens that I don't know about. Some of these guys are devout Christians. Now, Phil Cook, a Hollywood producer with his own firm, has a Ph.D. in theology. I go, dude, yeah, man, (laughs) a Ph.D. in theology. What's your dissertation? I expected to hear, you know, the 
the, the pre-exilic prophets or the post-exilic prophets or Pauline theology and its implications for modern-day uh, applications. You know, the, like most dissertations, a title that nobody cares about. Guess what his dissertation was on? The Shawshank Redemption. Okay. You have a doctorate in theology. Yes. From Fuller Theological Seminary. Yes, which is very prestigious. And his dissertations on the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Are you aware that The Shawshank Redemption is about hope? When Andy Dufresne is innocently convicted, life imprisonment, for killing his wife and her, her lover, and he's now sent to this horrible prison where he's mistreated by people of all ilk, and he's innocent, but the whole movie, you don't know it. He never complains for his suffering. And Red, one of the major leaders in the prison, who's, who's there because he did kill when he was a kid, who's there for a life sentence, and, and their paroles are repeatedly turned out, finally they have their confrontation in the kitchen because Andy, the good guy who was wrongly convicted, it gets thrown in for a month into the solitary confinement, and afterwards they're eating in the cafeteria. And Red says, "I mean, what, how did what did you go through for a month? I I had Mozart there with me, I had Beethoven. What? No, you didn't. You had abject darkness, and no, they're right here, man. Nobody can take it away from me. You see, I have hope. And then Red gets angry at him, and he says, "Hope," and he stops eating. Throws down his fork. You listen here. Hope is a bad thing. And that's what the movie's about. Red says, hope is a bad thing. Because you're in here and it's for life. And, Red, and then Andy says, no, hope is a good thing. Because you can't imprison my mind. I'm free. And so the movie goes on. And I don't recommend you run out and rent it tonight. Because the content is inappropriate for children. And I'm, I've never talked about a movie in a message before. But this guy's dissertations on this movie, so it intrigued me. And he was right. At the end, Andy Dufresne escapes from Shawshank Prison. And um, Red concludes his sentence and is released. And Andy has said, get busy living or get busy dying. So now Red is driving to the Pacific where he knows that Andy Dufresne escaped to after leaving the prison at night. And he says, you can hear, and it's a, what's his name, um, the actor? Morgan Freeman, who no one narrates like that, man. You feel like crying even though there's no reason to cry. The penguin. Oh, that is, remember the king penguin? Anyway, he's an incredible, he can communicate emotion. And he's, he's driving along to the east, to the west. He says, I hope the, the Pacific Ocean is as blue as I've seen it in my dreams. I hope I can find my friend Andy and shake his hand. I hope. I hope. And it fades off into this incredible music and the meeting of the two friends on the sand. You see, Andy was right. Hope is a good thing. And a good thing will never be bad. Do you got hope? Do you got hope or are you just ready to complain next time you face a challenge? Just to conclude here. This kid wrote a poem and I, I couldn't just leave it as was. it was. It was badly written and I went ahead and cleaned it up. And um, uh, 
I, 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 the prose weren't quite, you know how it has to have a rhythm and it has to rhyme. And, and so I kind of helped them along. So I left it anonymous. The kid wrote, what hope means. Ready? What hope means. Hope is a, shi- a bright shining light that keeps darkness at bay. Hope is a gentle cold breeze on a hot summer day. Hope is to remain positive when the going gets tough. Hope is seeking more when others think you've had enough. What hope means? Hope is dreaming of tomorrow. Hope is comforting others under sorrow. Hope, and I like this because I want to write a song on this sentence. I changed it enough that it's not his sentence anymore. But it's, I know what he meant. So I, anyway, as long as you don't know his name, I haven't heard anybody. It is not being, yeah, okay. Hope is the sparkle when we have tears in our eyes. Hope is a beautiful thing, and remember, a beautiful thing never dies. What hope means? Hope is as light as a feather. Hope is what keeps us all together. Hope is ubiquitous and free of cost. Hope is the last thing ever lost. Hope. Last week, I went back out to Portland, Oregon. I remember I'd gone with Pastor Terry to his mama's house only briefly so he could pick something up. So I, and I, I joked to him, I know where your mama lives now. So last week, it was a perfect afternoon just like this, but it was a Portland sunny day. It was such a squeaky blue sky. The volcanoes were just sitting there, towering over the city. All of them. You could see them as if they were like this nearby. It was 80 degrees. Birds were singing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I went to Terry's mama's house. No mother should have to bury her children. I was there when she buried her second child. And when she buried her third child. So I dropped in on her. Usually you have to go through a little gate to get to her door and knock. But as I opened the gate, I'm surprised she was taking a nap on the perfect afternoon with Terry's sister. Just sitting there on lounge chairs, a a glass of something sitting there. And I just surprised them, (laughs) startled them. I guess I'm the last guy you see on a Saturday afternoon at three in Portland. I just said, I just had to stop by and make a pastoral visit. Well, you came a long way. Yeah, traffic was heavy, too. uh, (laughs) 3,300 miles is quite a ways for a pastoral visit. And after we sat down and visited for a little bit, I said to her, you have buried your third child. What mom can tell that story? And she just smiled. I tell you, you don't mess with Terry's mama. Because she's a woman of faith. She believes in something. Most normal moms who bury their third child would not be balanced anymore. She turned to me and smiled and she says, Pastor, I got hope. I'm going to see my kids again. You see? Who but a mother can testify of hope? 
She who bore them, raised them, provided for them and took care of them and protected them, then painfully laid them to their rest. She says, I got hope. She'll be there to see them when they rise again. You see, I, I, once again, I felt rebuked as a pastor. Because I'll admit to you publicly, I don't have that kind of strength. But when I witness the hope in the heart of another, then that gives me hope too. You know what I'm saying? So if you're like me, you don't always have enough hope. Hang out with people who do because it's contagious when you find something to believe in. And I had to join in. Some other sister came from the church. I didn't even ask her name. I'm sorry. I was rude and and they got ready to carry on without me. So I realized, well, you know, I have to, um, I do have to go. And, and I had the joy of praying with them. And this woman who last week, you know, the week before had buried her son, hugged me and thanked me for stopping by. May God grant me the hope I saw that day in the heart of this dear woman. May you have hope today. Got hope? It's not something you feel. Don't trust your feelings. Believe. Maybe you're like me. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Keep me hoping. Even when I don't feel like hoping. I ain't going to let you go. Until you bless me. Does that make sense to you? I like to pray a prayer commitment. Got hope? You want to pray for hope? Then stand with me for this prayer. It's a prayer commitment. Those are who are able. Got hope? What is hope? When you believe. Do, Do you have to feel hope? No. What if you feel hopeless? You believe anyway. And then faith comes from belief. Faith is when you do what you believe in. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we come to you because often we don't have enough hope. And other times we just give up on hope. Lord, those who have been through sorrow understand what hope is. Like our Chaplain Terry and Chaplain Pete, they are men of hope in these days as they too miss those whom they love. May we, Lord, learn the power of hope. For even though as Dr. King suffered and lived with a constant despair, he never stopped believing. And although he ultimately gave his life for this cause, what he hoped for became our reality. Oh, Lord, may we hope with the same capacity May we not let you go until you bless us. Whether we get what we wanted or not, hope is a good thing. And a good thing never dies. Bless us. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. And may we always hope in Jesus. We pray in his name and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.